So I just want to greet you once more in the name of the Lord and in the name of the Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, because right here at Jesus Strong, we just believe that we can do all things through Christ who gives us the strength, right? It doesn't matter what the enemy brings to us. We believe that we can plow through it. We can get through it because the power of God is on the inside of us. So it is with that blessed hope that we press on to bring the word of God to you today. And I trust that you are being encouraged and that uh, the, the, these messages are, are, are life changing. I believe that if you apply these things that you are learning, your life will never be the same. You will be able to touch the grace of God and be completely changed by the power and the anointing of the living God. No, I can't change you, but I know who can change you. Christ can change you. The Holy Spirit can change you. God Almighty, he can change you. He can change your situation. So I don't know what you're going through this morning morning this week I don't know what you've been through but I've just come to tell somebody that if it had not been for the Lord on your side you would not be standing here today so I just want you to give God a praise this morning amen oh glory to God give God a praise this morning praise him because he has been good to you praise him because he woke you up this morning praise him for his excellent greatness praise him for his mighty acts Praise him because he gave you breath in your lungs this morning. Praise him because he is a mighty God. And if you don't praise him, the sticks and the stones will praise him in your place. So come on, somebody, give God a praise this morning. Praise the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Glory. Hallelujah to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords. Oh, Shabbatobosaya. Oh, glory to God. Glory, 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 glory. Be encouraged, somebody. I want you to be encouraged this morning. Be encouraged this morning because the Lord is fighting your battles for you. I don't know what you're going through, but God sent me to tell you that he is still a mighty good God and he is still on your side and he still loves you and he still desire to be with you. I don't know if you messed up this week. I don't know if you messed up last week. I don't know what you've been through, but God wants to remind you this morning that you still belong to him. Oh, Oh God, oh God, oh Jesus, Jesus. We got a lot of ground to cover this morning, so we're just going to jump right into it. My text this morning, actually, I have two of them for you, and uh, you're going to have to bear with me because I'm going to try to read a, a, a longer passage of scripture than I normally do, but listen, it's, it's relevant for, for us to get out what God is trying to tell us. So I'm going to look at Isaiah 62, 6, and 7, and then I'm going to go to Ezekiel 33, 7 through 16. Isaiah 62, 6 through 7, it says, I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace today, day or night. You, may, you, you who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silent and give him no rest till he establishes, till he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Come on, somebody, I told you all to praise the Lord this morning. Give him no rest, give him no rest. Woo, Jesus. And then Ezekiel 33, seven through 16 says, 
Now, son of man, I am making you a watchman for the people of Israel. Oh, God is making somebody a watchman this morning. God is making somebody a watchman this morning. Therefore, listen to what I say and warn them for me. If I announce that some wicked people are sure to die and you fail to tell them to change their ways, then they will die in their sins and I will hold you responsible for their debts. But if you warn them to repent and they don't repent, they will die in their sins, but you will have saved yourself. Now, this is the message that the Lord is trying to tell the watchman. He says, son of man, give the people of Israel this message. You are saying, oh, our sins are heavy upon us. We are wasting away. How can we survive? As surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure. Listen to this. God says, I do not take pleasure in the death of the wicked. I only want them to turn from their wicked ways so that they can live. And God is pleading with somebody, he said, turn, turn from your wicked ways, O people of Israel. Why should you die? Son of man, give your people this message. The righteous behavior of righteous people will not save them. Come on, somebody. Righteous behavior will not save you. Oh, God, he said the righteous behavior of a righteous people will not save them if they turn, nor will the wicked behavior of wicked people destroy them if they repent. So the magic is in the turning. Somebody, oh, God, the power is in the turning. Oh, God, the power is in the turning because if you are righteous and you turn to sin, God said, I can't save you. If you was wicked and you turn away from sin, then I can save you. So there's something happening there with the turning. All right. And let's go on to verse 13. He says, when I tell righteous people that they will live, but then they sin expecting their righteousness to save them, then none of their righteous acts will be remembered. My God, my God, somebody, you don't want to do all the righteousness all this time. And then you come to a place where you begin to sin, where you drop your righteousness and pick up sin. Come on, somebody. God says your past righteousness cannot save you. You need to maintain your righteousness in him. Oh, God. And verse 14, he said, and suppose I tell some wicked people that they will surely die, but then they turn from their sins and do what is just and right. For instance, they might give back a debtor's security return what they have stolen and obey my life giving laws, no longer doing what is evil. If they if they do this, then they will surely live and not die. Come on, if wicked people heard the, the word of God and they said, I'm going to turn away from my wickedness, I'm going to turn away from my sin, God said, I will save you. None of their past sins will be brought up again, for they have done what is just and right, and they will surely live. So this morning, my message for you is that God is calling watchmen. He's calling the watchmen to arise God is he's setting a watchman. Oh, he's setting a watchman in the earth. He's setting watchmen on the walls this morning. My topic for, for, for today is, is set a watchman because I, I believe that God is calling all watchmen to arise. He's calling them back to their position because something big is coming over the horizons, over the horizons of eternity, and we can't afford to miss this. So God is calling us to wake up. 
wake up. He is sounding the alarm. He is waking up the mighty men and women of valor. He is waking us up to the sound of battle. He is awakening us to a battle cry. God is saying, well, watchmen arise, wake up and take your position. Oh God. Oh, God, God is looking for somebody. He's looking for some people today who is willing, who are willing to turn aside and see why the bush is not burning. He is looking for some people today who will push aside their regular routine to hear what thus says the Lord. I know you claim to be busy. I know you claim to have places to go and people to see and things to do. But God said, if you hear the sound of the trumpet, you don't have time to continue your routine as usual. There's a, oh God, because there is a sound going out in the spirit this morning. There is a sound going out in the spirit. And God is saying to the watchmen, arise and take your positions oh god oh i want to tell you how i came by this message this morning because see i i, I tr these messages that i i try to minister to you each sunday is not a message that i, I want to cook up out of a cookbook although i have to research them but I, I i begin these message with something that the lord has given me and now he said go search out the matter and then present it to my people and so I, I, in prayer, I, I, I saw this uh, vision of a foundation, and I know it was the foundation of the third temple in Jerusalem. And I saw an angel measuring a freshly laid concrete foundation of a temple. I hear the Lord say, watch Jerusalem. The foundation of the third temple is already laid in the spirit. And then as I watched the vision, I, I saw angels that were overseeing the work. I saw many angels and they were going about swiftly in Jerusalem. They were very busy as if they were working on this construction project. They were moving swiftly and, and they were in a hurry to do whatever they were doing. And I saw some angels, they were standing around with scrolls and they were comparing them to what is being built. It's kind of like when, when, when a, 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 a construction supervisor is supervising the work and they're looking at the blueprints and comparing it to what was actually on the ground and then i saw others carrying buckets with mixtures on beams across their backs i i i i don't know what's in the bucket i couldn't see in the bucket and then i hear loud construction noises but i couldn't see the, 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 what was being built, all I saw was the foundation, the freshly laid concrete foundation that was still boxed around with the wooden things that they used to keep the concrete in place. And that's what I saw in the vision. I really don't know what it means, but it led me to read the book of Ezekiel and the vision, uh, uh, and the vision of Ezekiel's temple. And so as I read this, I, I, I um, I thought about the, I thought the message was going to be about the, the 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 temple, but the Lord says the focus and why I was showing Ezekiel the temple rather than the temple itself, and so He brought me to Ezekiel forty, and you know Ezekiel forty all the way to forty two or forty three is all about this temple that Ezekiel was seeing, and so um, one verse He gave me out of that was Ezekiel forty verse verse four, and it says, "Son of man." He said to me, look with your eyes, hear with your ears, pay attention to everything I'm going to show you. For that is why 
you have been brought here. Report to the house of Israel everything that you see. So God didn't want me to focus on the temple yet. He just wanted me to focus on why he's showing us the temple. Why is God showing us the foundation of the temple? And I believe it is because the Lord is hastening the time. He is speeding things up. He's about to break ground on his new temple and it's already broken in the spirit. So it's only a matter of time before the ground is broken in the, in, in the natural. We're living in a time when um, it is never more uh, we're, we're, we're never more closer to seeing that third temple built than we are today. We are very close to seeing the ground breaking of that new temple. So God is saying, I'm posting watchmen on the walls of prayer because once this temple begins to build, you all know that our time has come down to a few grains of sand in the hourglass. Whenever you see that foundation laid, and I believe that we are living in a time when this generation, he said, listen, when this generation see these things happen, Happen. He said that generation will not pass away until he returns because it is that close. So I want you to understand what is happening spiritually. God wants us to watch and pray. And if we don't, we won't know what to, what to uh, pray. If we don't pray, we won't know what to watch for. If we don't pray, let me say that again, because I messed that up. If we don't pray, we won't know what to watch for. If we don't pray, we won't know what to watch for, because we cannot discern the times unless we know what we are watching for. Sometimes we see the signs, but we don't know what they mean. And God wants us to not only see the signs, but to understand what they mean. God wants us to be watchmen, not just all over our families, but over our churches, over our neighborhoods, over our city, over our nations. All of us are called to be watchmen on the wall. At a time like this, when, when, when war is imminent, at a time like this, when we're undergoing spiritual battles, everybody, can, come on somebody, you can attest to the fact that everybody is going through some sort of spiritual battle. And we can't afford to be sleeping. We need to be on the wall. Some of us will watch in different areas. Some of us will watch in our families. Some of us will watch in schools. Some of us will watch watching businesses, some of us will watch in medical fields, some of us will watch in government, some of us will watch in different places. God is calling his watchmen to arise. And you know, I'm going to go over some things with you, so bear with me this morning because I'm trying to teach and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, 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 to get, get the right things out this morning. So God wants me to tell you that to be a watchman, it's a calling, it's an office, it's a gift. Because to be a watchman means that you have to have the gift of prophecy. To be a watchman means that you got you, you to gotta go to God and get, get some information from God and then bring it back to your people. Oh, Shababa. Oh, Rabba Sandere Sotaya. But the problem is many people do not understand the duties of a watchman. 
And so when I think of watchmen, I think of the military and I think about every uh, every person in the every soldier in the military. One of the first duties that they are trained to do is to be, be on guard. They are trained to be guards. They are they have to guard their supplies. They have to guard each other. So they, they have to guard against the enemy. So the first thing that, that a soldier needs to do is to guard. And as if you understand that we are soldiers in the army of the Lord, you got to understand that one of your basic duty is to watch. Oh my God. So I'm going to tell you three things. The three, the three main duties of a, of a watchman. The, the, one, the first duty of a watchman is to discern potential threats. Discern potential threats. The first duty of a watchman is to discern potential threats. And so we have all, we, we, all, we all have different skill sets and function, and we function in different ways, but our primary duty is to discern threats. How do we discern those threats? Jesus told us how to discern the threats. He said we should watch and pray, watch and pray. A, a, a trained watchman will know what to look for, what to listen for. But, 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 but see, sometimes we don't understand what to watch for, what to listen for, because we don't pray. We don't take the time to go through boot camp. We don't take the time to learn how to correctly address the things that we see in the spirit. Oh, my God, Jesus is calling somebody to watch. He is calling somebody to prayer. He's calling you back because he said you have left your Oh, come on, somebody. When you look around, you don't have to look very far to see that there is all kinds of potential threats. It's all kinds of demonic threats that is coming against the people of God. How are we responding? What we're doing is we're trying to respond in the flesh. We're trying to respond with the worldly tools. But God said to tell you this morning that the weapons of your warfare, they're not corner, but they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. So you got to understand that the threats that you are looking for, you're the, the way that you're responding to the threats that you are discerning, you're responding Responding in your flesh and your flesh can't do it. God said you need to engage the weapons of your warfare this morning. Glory to God. Nehemiah was in such a situation. And, uh, and they were, he was building, he was rebuilding the wall and the enemy came and the enemy was threatening them. And what Nehemiah did, Nehemiah set a watch. Nehemiah, look at Nehemiah 4 verse 9. He says, nevertheless, we made our prayer to God. And because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. Oh my God, somebody, God is telling you to set a watchman on the wall. Because when you discern the enemy's threats, that's the next thing that you got to do. Last week, I told you that you need to power up, but you got to post watchman. It's no use for you to have the power and don't know that there's a threat coming because the threat can come and overtake you if you don't know that it's coming so you need to watch you need to set a watch like nehemiah did and and, and if you ever jump to nehemiah 4 nehemiah 4 16 it says so it was from that time on half of my servants work at construction while the other half held a spear and shield and bows and wear armors and the leaders were behind all the houses of judah so this was nehemiah's response to discerning a potential threat now, the next thing that a watchman needs to do is to warn the people. 
warn the people. Joel chapter two, verse one says, blow the trumpet in, in, in Zion, sound the alarm on my holy hill. Let all who live in the land tremble for the day of the Lord is coming. It is close at hand. And see, this is the problem right now. God is raising up many watchmen, but they got to blow the trumpets. It's not only for you to discern the threats. You got to blow the trumpet. You got to speak. You got to cry aloud. And you got to not hold back. You got to not spare. You got to hold. You got to give it all. You got to let it go. You got to speak what thus says the Lord, regardless of who likes it and who doesn't like it, because your job is to warn the people. Oh, my God. Because there's something that if you don't warn the people, God says, I got a place for you too. See, many people think of the office of a prophet is like, oh, you got to tell people good things that make them feel, feel good. You want to give them some feel good messages. Let me tell you something. Feel good message is not going to help you with what is coming. You need something that will get you out of your slumber. Sometimes some of us, we need some cold water dunk on us while we're there sleeping to wake us up. Wake us up. Wake us up. If God had to throw a bucket of cold water in our face to wake us up, we got to wake up because what's coming is still coming. And when God told the prophet to sound the alarm, it means that there is urgency. It means that there is danger. One thing you got to understand about a watchman, when a, watch, a watchman doesn't just sound the alarm, a watchman, usually they discern and they verify the threats that are coming. And if it's something that they can take care of, they don't sound the alarm. They take care of it themselves. But if it's something that is it's too big, it's too much, and they, and, and they need help, they begin to blow that trumpet and, 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 and wake up the mighty man because they need help. So if you hear the trumpet of God blowing today, it is because what is coming is greater. It's bigger. Oh, my God, it's too much. You got to get up. You got to get up. You got to get up. Get up. I know, I know you don't want to be interrupted because see the blowing of the trumpet, it interrupts your daily routine. The blowing of the trumpet, it, it, it interferes with your, with your comfort, but to ignore the trumpet is, is to ignore it at your own peril. Because if you hear the trumpet coming, you hear the trumpet blowing, you can rest assured that danger is coming. So your routine is still going to be interrupted whether or not you take heed from hearing the trumpet blowing. You better take heed. Oh, Oh, I know you don't feel good. These are not feel good messages. But nevertheless, God is calling somebody to take their position. God is calling somebody to blow the trumpet. And if not you, then who? And if not now, then when? Come on, somebody, take your place as a watchman on the wall of prayer and begin to do the next duty of a watchman. The next duty of a watchman is to intercede. Ooh, Shabbat Watchman regularly intervenes in battle. 
Sometimes when you see what is coming, you can't do anything else but fall to your knees and pray. Listen, a Abraham was interceding for Sodom and Gomorrah when the Lord determined that judgment was coming. Moses interceded for the Israelite in the, in the wilderness when they, when they make that golden calf. Now Ezekiel intercedes for Israel when, when, when they sin against God. Oh my God. And so when these watchmen, I can't even break open these scriptures for you. You can find Abraham in Genesis 18. You can find Moses in Exodus 32 and Ezekiel in, Ex in Ezekiel 9. Listen, I can't read them for you this morning, but I'm telling you that these people, they were willing to get between God and what was coming. They're saying, God, Abraham was saying, God, if there was one, if there's 10 righteous in Sodom and Gomorrah, will you not spare them? Moses was interceding for the Israelites and said, this is your people, God. God, you brought them out of Israel of Egypt. And if you kill them off in the wilderness, oh my God, Pharaoh and all the Egyptians are going to say that, that, that you brought them out in the wilderness and you failed them and you killed them. So Moses was interceding for them. And so was Ezekiel. Ezekiel said, are you going to kill them? And oh, sovereign God, he said, I, I, will your fury against Jerusalem wipe out everyone who is left? Come on, somebody. Sometimes when you see what is coming as a watchman, all you can do is intercede. You just, you just have to fall to your knees and begin to intercede for what is coming. That is your duty. You as a watchman, you got to discern potential threats. You got to warn the people and you got to intercede for them. But here's the problem. We, we have some faulty watchmen. We have some watchmen who see the sword coming and they do not blow the trumpet and warn the people. And so the sword comes and devours the people's life because the watchmen, they, 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 they've been uh, uh, failing. They're seeing the sword coming, but they're not warning. And so my question is, why are our watchmen failing? We have good prophets and men and women who are called to be leaders in the body of Christ, but they are failing. Why are they failing? What is causing them to fail? Do they realize that they are not giving the message that God has given them to give? They are giving messages that makes the people feel good. They're giving feel-good messages because they want to be liked by people. They want to be recognized by people. They're looking for man's recognition rather than God's recognition because, see, the truth be told, if you got to tell the message that God gives you to tell, it's not pleasant because the truth is we have, we, we have sinned. We have come short of the glory of God when there's homosexuals in the street running up in the church feeling like it's okay. There's nothing wrong with bringing homosexuals to church, but the problem is they cannot remain the same. You, the power of God has to be on your life in such a way that when they come up there, they begin to change. They begin to transform into what God intends for them to be. The problem is when a watchman, they are talking tolerating witchcraft in the church and they're calling it church. Oh God. Oh God. The problem is our watchmen are failing because they have been deceived. They don't see the wolves that are in the sheep clothing, that are ra ravaging the flock of the Lord. They don't see the woods. You see, 
Just because the sheep are coming, the wolves are coming in looking like sheep. An effective watchman who is well trained, they know exactly what to look for. So even if the wolf come in like a sheep, a watch, a, a trained watchman, a militant watchman, he knows he knows how a sheep walk different from how a how a wolf walk. Oh my God, somebody, this is helping me this morning because see when a when a when a when a sheep walk, they tend to have like a little a different gait a different pace a, a different a different body rhythm so even if you dress up like a wolf uh, dress up like a sheep i understand that your body shape uh, it shapes different uh, so you can't fool me you can't oh my god you can't pull the wool over my eyes because i know that i know how a sheep walk i know how a wolf walk oh god somebody oh if you're a good wolf Watchmen this morning, you're going to be able to, to guard against deception. Deception can't be a part of who you are if you're going to be an effective watchman for the Lord. So, so part of the reason why you're failing is because you allow these things. You see them, but you do nothing about them. You tolerate them. And the Lord said, this is what I have against you. You are tolerating the sins of Jezebel. You're tolerating the spirit of Jezebel in the church. You refuse to rebuke it. Oh my God, you refuse to confront it. You have the power and you allow Jezebel to come up in here and destroy and dismantle and sow discord among my flock. Oh my God, you see the problem people have with Jezebel. Jezebel was never the problem. It was Ahab. Ahab was the king of Israel. But he didn't do anything to control his unruly wife. He sat back and allowed Jezebel to run the kingdom. So the problem, when you think about the problem of the church, Ahab represents the church this morning. We are sitting back and allowing the spirit of Jezebel to run the church. Jezebel was never supposed to run the church. It was you who was given authority in the earth, not that spirit that you're tolerating. So deception, you got to get rid of deception. And the way to get rid of deception is to read your word. The next thing that caused watchmen to fail is fear. Fear. So they saw the sword coming, but they didn't warn the nation because they were afraid of what the people might say. They didn't, they, they, they didn't care. They, um, or maybe they didn't care. They became indifferent to society. You know, sometimes they see the signs of danger, but they, they hold their heads and they stick their heads in the sand and say, not my problem, not my problem. Oh, maybe because they don't want to get involved. Because they don't, they're afraid of what people are going to say. So fear keeps our watchmen from sounding the alarm because we don't want to sound the alarm and bring attention to ourselves. And maybe, maybe some of us, some of the watchmen, they're tired of being stoned because see, when you, when you begin to sound the alarm and you begin to call out people's sin, they begin to stone you. They, they, they don't want to hear what is wrong. They don't want to hear how to correct their wrong. They, they love their sins. They love the things of the world. So, so maybe the watchmen are afraid of being stoned. So fear is keeping them from sounding the alarm. But God is saying, wake up. Wake up, you mighty men and women. And the next thing that is causing a watchman to fail is neglect. 
neglect because they are running away from their call of duty. Jonah didn't want to be a watchman. Jonah wanted to do his own thing. Jonah was like, listen, God, I, I, you can send somebody else to, to warn these people, but I, I want to do my own thing. So Jonah was neglecting his duty. So we have faulty watchmen because of watchmen. They're not doing their duties. They're not praying. They're neglecting their job. They're neglecting the thing that God has called them to do. They are trying to go their own way. And the next thing that caused our watchmen to fail is, is weariness, sleeping on the job. See, Jonah was on the bottom of the boat while the, while the storm was raging and he was, he was sleeping. He had the answer to the problem that the people were facing, but he was in the bottom of the boat sleeping. Come on, they, Jonah was not the only one because Jesus had some other disciples and they, they were sleeping at, 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 just at the hour of trial, at the moment when Jesus was about to be accosted and Jesus wanted them to just watch and pray with him for just a little bit more. They were weary and they became tired and they, they and they were sleeping and they weren't able to watch and can it be that that's what ha that's what's happening right now we're on the verge of of, of jesus returning and, and and we've become weary from battle oh my god we've become weary <clears throat> mm. and so i talked to the lord about that why is our watchmen so weary why are they so weary and worn out and sleepy and not able to not able to see or discern the enemies coming? And God said to me that they are weary because they're fighting the wrong battles. They're fighting battles that they were not meant to fight. They were fighting uh, uh, battles of flesh and blood instead of the spiritual enemies. And God, you, you don't understand that God said the weapons of your warfare, they're not they're not carnal. They're not fleshly. That means that you have a spiritual enemy. So you got, you're, you're busy fighting your, your enemy in the flesh and you're wearing yourself out when you're supposed to be fighting in the spirit. Oh God, whenever you encounter battles from now on, take it in the spirit. Don't wrestle with flesh and blood. You will lose every time. Oh, Shabba Bahanda. Oh, Yabasa. Nowadays, the biggest problem facing our watchmen, one of the biggest problem, apart from deception, is distraction, distraction. People are so dis distracted today. My God, you can barely get people to focus for five minutes. You begin to tell somebody a a something in a conversation and their brain goes 50 different directions in five minutes, my God. And, and, and probably the part of it, part of the problem is because now everybody's face is glued to a smartphone. If they're not looking at something, listen, listen, oh my God, this technology thing is supposed to be a good thing, but it's taking over our lives and we need to guard against those things. We need to have discipline when we use these things. We need to be able to use them, put them away. Do not allow them to lead you around on a string. You're too distracted. You're distracted by all these other things. Family drama, family trauma, sickness, disease, poverty, witchcraft, idolatry, and worldly desires. We're too distracted. We can't see the sword coming because our eyes are supposed to be peering out, looking out in the horizon to discern the uh, uh, potential threats coming over the horizon. But our eyes are down looking at our smartphones. Oh, Shababa. Oh, the we can't hear nothing. We can't see nothing. 
you know, because we're looking at something else. Ah, oh, something else has our attention. And this is what the devil is trying to do. He's trying to use what we have. He's trying to use the worldly things to distract us because he said, if I can keep them looking at that smartphone, if I can keep them looking at what they're looking at, if I can keep them looking at the fleshly things, they will never discover that I'm creeping up on them. They will never discover that I am their true enemy. Oh, Shababahato, God help us all not to be distracted. And the last thing that uh, cause our, our watchmen to fail is prayerlessness, prayerlessness. Many people are hearing the battle cry, but they do not know how to answer. They're trying to skip boot camp. Somebody I'm about to tell you about boot camp because y'all don't know what boot camp is. <laughs> Many people are trying to skip boot camp and they're entering into battle. And if you don't understand, if you if you don't go through boot camp, you're pretty much you're pretty much on a suicide mission because you're going out into battle and you don't know how to fight. You don't have your armor, and even if you do have your armor, you just don't know how to use it because you never enter into boot camp. You never went into in, in, into basic training, so you have no idea how to use the things that 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 you've been given. Oh my. God. You want to cast out demons? You want to heal the sick? You want to raise the dead? Really? And you don't want to pray? You don't want to pray. So how are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? God says, after he told you to put on the whole armor of God, he said, there's something else you need to do. You need to pray. Go to Ephesians 6, verse 18. He said, pray in the spirit at all times, on every occasion. Stay alert. Watch. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. The problem is, Ephesians, everybody read Ephesians 16 and 17, and, talking, uh, 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 and the verses before that talking about the armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God, but nobody reads verse 18 that says, pray. After you have put on everything, you got to pray. You can't cast out no demon if you didn't pray. You, oh, Jesus. Oh, you can't heal no sick if you didn't pray. Don't you know that you don't have no power? God is the only source of power, and the only way to access his power is through prayer. Oh, Shababando Kola the Messiah. Every man, every watchman must go through basic training. Every watchman must go through basic training. Oh my God. You got to go through basic training. God wants to use you this morning, but you can't skip prayer. You can't skip boot camp. You can't watch over God's people if you refuse to pray. And that's part of the problem why we have there's a, this great controversy in the church right now. We have these 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 uh, 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 Hollywood pastors that are not praying. All they're doing is getting up and giving us a motivational speech that that's supposed to uh, uh, motivate us to move into a into our earthly destiny. It doesn't motivate us to align ourselves with the purposes and the will of God. It doesn't uh, motivate us to live right. It doesn't motivate 
make us to live holy. Let me tell you something. If you're in a church that is not motivating you to live holy, to live right, especially in a time like this, you need to get up and you need to go find a church because there's about to be a great falling away in the body of Christ. And the reason why people are going to fall away is because we are not building on the right foundation. We got to build on the foundation of righteousness. We got to build on the foundation of truth. We got to build on the foundation of holiness unto God. If you're not building on that foundation, God says that the rain is coming, the storm is coming, and whosoever foundation is not upon the rock. Oh my God! Oh Shabbatura Basaya. Oh Basaya. Go into prayer. Go into prayer. That's where you're going to gain heavenly wisdom. That's where you're going to gain knowledge and understanding that only can come from God. That's where you're going to get revelation. Go into prayer. That's how you're going to hear from God. That's how you're going to see the enemy coming before he comes. That's how you're going to be able to prepare. You cannot be an effective watchman without prayer. Oh, God. So what is this boot camp that you're talking about? You see... We all hear the call to pray. And so we all jump up and we haphazardly put on our whole armor of God and then we just rush out into battle. We don't know how to pray. We never take time to really study prayer. We hear that, okay, we are supposed to pray. It's like this. Everybody know, okay, well, I need to go cook dinner. Well, not everybody can cook, sister. Not everybody can cook. Somebody will do, do they, they do something, all right? So you heard that you're supposed to you're supposed to pray and you go in there and you do something and you call it prayer. But see, the problem is we don't take time to actually study out what they say that we are supposed to do. All right. So let's go. I, I can't give you the whole boot camp, but I promise you, we're going to work on boot camp and we may have something coming up for you in the, in the beginning of the year. We're going to put this together. We're going to get it together for you because this is some, this is hot off the press of heaven. And I feel like there's an anointing on it and we're going to run with it. Amen. So <clears throat> you need to understand the dimensions of prayer in order to understand what I'm talking about for prayer boot camp. And you need to understand how to flow in each dimension. Um, so the, the, the reason for this is that you got to understand what to pray for, when to pray for it, and how to pray for each situation. And by this, I mean that if you are a Marine uh, or an airman or an infantry, you know, you understand that there are different tactics, different, different things that these different branches of the military uh, are, are trained to do. So, so the problem with us as, as soldiers in the army of, uh, of the Lord, we suffer defeat in prayer because we don't know which weapon to deploy. We don't know if we're in air battle. We don't know if we're in a marine battle. We don't know if we're in a, in a battle that's on land or on foot, or uh, we don't know what kind of battle we're dealing with. And so allow me to introduce to you a prayer boot camp works. Only listen, I can only give you introduction because I don't have time to get into all of them, but I promise you we're, we're going to get into this boot camp. So <clears throat> if you're going to be an effective watchman, the three basic things that you must understand about prayer is you got to understand the, 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 the temple, actually. Understand the temple 
of the Lord. And I will actually go back to the tabernacle, way back to the tabernacle. Understand the outer court, there are outer court prayers, inner court prayers, and holy of holy prayers. Let me say that again. The three dimensions of prayer, which can actually be broken down into other dimensions, is outer court, inner court, and holy of holies prayers. And I'm just going to run through some of these for you real quick because we've got a few more things to talk about the watchmen. But this is watchmen boot camp, basic, basic knowledge that you should have. You see, because many people are there spending their time in the outer court praying, and that's where we spend our time. But our destination, our, the bulk of our prayer should be in the inner court. That's where the priests usually make their petitions. So in the outer court, the type of prayer that is prayed in the outer court is the salvation, the repentance, the forgiveness, and the confession. Those are the, those, uh, and I can't break them down to you by the brazen altar and the uh, brazen lava and all that. I can't break that down to you right now, but um, salvation, repentance, confession, forgiveness, these are the things that takes place in the outer court. And you can see why so many of us spend our time out there because we keep repenting, we keep sinning, we keep repenting, and we keep sinning. And we keep repenting, we keep repeat, repeating the same prayer over and over. Because every time we come, we feel like, oh God, we mess up again. And so we confess again and we repent and we, and, and it's like a cycle and we never break through that cycle to get into the inner court. And so now the next part that you got to understand is the petitions. Um, in the inner court, we pray for our daily bread, we pray for protection, and we pray for revelation. And I can't even break down to you the things that are in, in the inner court. So you got to prepare to come to prayer boot camp with us, okay? Because we're going to break those down in the boot camp. Then um, intercession, in intercession, we pray for the forgiveness of our sins. We pray for the forgiveness of, of the sins of others. And we pray uh, for the salvation. We're making intercession where we are praying on behalf of the people. We're praying God, because remember, God make us a kingdom of priests. So just like the priests had to go in and make intercession for the people, uh, we have to go in and we have to make an intercession for our families, for our nation, for our schools, for our communities. So we have to intercede on their behalf because those are the people who have who don't know God yet. So we still have to intercede for them until they are able to come in and make intercession for themselves. And in this inner court prayer, um, also prayers of commitment. This is where you commit yourself to God. This is where you commit your cares to God. This is where you give him what it is that he has asked you to do. So God, you com I commit myself to your service. I commit myself to do the things that you have called me to do. I, 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 or sometimes uh, prayers of commitment. It could be that you put something in the hands of God because, for example, if you have a situation that you don't know how to deal with, you say, Lord, I commit this situation into your hands, Lord God. I don't know how to do it. I don't know what to do it. So I give it to you, Lord, and you work it out the best way. And you trust that God is going to work it out. And then in this inner court prayer, we also have a dedication prayer. It's kind of like a commitment at the same time. Dedication is kind of like a baby dedication. It's, you know, you're dedicating something to the Lord. It's similar to commitment, but commitment is a, is a little bit different. It's kind of like you're committing yourself to doing the commitment is kind of more like a covenant, covenantal prayers. Where dedication is, is something that like, like how Samuel was dedicated to the Lord. And then in, in the inner court prayer, you go also go into spiritual warfare. This is where we bind and loose and cast out because th this is the place for it. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. In the holies, because see, you can't bind and loose and cast out no demons 
until you go until you go through the process of the outer court when you're cleansed when you repent you repent of your sins and you washed in the blood of Jesus you washed in the water and now you're inside of the the, 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 the inner court and this is where the Lord expects most of us to be but 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 we find so much at the time we are on the outer court praying and so the, the third part is the holies of holies. And this is this is where your prayer your, your prayer now begins to pray in the spirit. You're, you're, you're praying in Holy Ghost language. You're praying in a language that is heavenly. You're praying. Uh, your your spirit is praying. And the other kind of prayer is contemplative prayer inside of the holies of holies, because this is what David said when I, he meditated upon the Lord in the night watches. He's thinking and ruminating and going over uh, 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 the, the, the goodness of God. And he, he's thinking about God and how how do I fit in the things of God? How how why did God make this earth? You know, you're contemplating You're thinking through your prayer. You know, so many times we get into prayer, we rattle off a whole bunch of things to God, but we really don't think about what we're saying and so contemplative prayer it's 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 your spirit talking to god your mouth is closed but your spirit is talking to god and in the holies of holies prayer there's a and i, I don't know of a better term to call it but it's it's like slain in the spirit that's what i that's what i heard i i um slain in the spirit I have experienced that being gone in the spirit with the Lord and the, the Lord is talking to me in my spirit. I'm seeing visions. I'm seeing dreams. I'm, I'm getting revelation on things that that is a, is a spirit communing with the spirit of God. You're, you're not, it's like your body is here, but you're in like a, a, a trance like state. Your spirit is talking to God. Ooh, glory to God. And the next one is command prayer. Command prayer is when, like when Joshua said, son, stand still. This is, you, you, you see, you got to be somewhere with God in order to be able to command the son to stand still. That kind of prayer don't take place in the outer court. That kind of prayer don't take place in the inner court. That kind of prayer takes place when you are intimately acquainted with God. And the Last one for now uh, is worship in the inner court. You can worship in the outer court. You can worship in the inner court uh, and you can worship in the, in the holies of holies. But in the holies of holies prayer, that type of worship is going to be a different kind of worship because now you're looking on the beauty of God. You're looking on the majesty of God. You're experiencing the presence of God. So your worship is coming from a different place. It's not coming from your, it's not coming from your soul. It's not coming from your body. It's coming from your spirit because when you experience God in the spirit, you don't have no choice but to worship him in spirit and in truth. Oh, God. Oh, God. So that's your rundown for your prayer boot camp. I can't give you all the details, but I, I, I promise you we will break open all of those for you. So in order to be an effective watchman, you have to go through boot camp. You got to understand prayer. You got to understand how to make it work, how to work it for you. Prayer is like a big old highway that have all of the different connecting cities, the, the, the cities of your healing, cities of your, of, of your salvation for your loved ones. But if you never get on the highway of prayer, you will never get to those cities to access what God has for you in prayer. Oh, God. God. So I'm going to tell you now how to be effective as a watchman. Okay. I just told you 
that you need to go through boot camp. And I told you why we're failing. And now I'm going to tell you how to be effective. This is my last point for the day. Oh, glory to God. So to be effective as a watchman, the first thing that you got to know is you got to know your assignment. Know your assignment because you can't take someone else's assignment. Don't uh, don't try to fit into something that God didn't put you into. You see, many people want to know the will of God for their lives, but uh, 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 but they don't they, they don't understand that they have to go to God to know the will. They got to go to God in prayer to know the will. They got to uh, you got to understand that. Listen. While we're desiring, Paul, the apostle said, we must desire the gifts, but you got to look at the gifts that is already at work in you to figure out what is your assignment. If you have an, listen, most of us, we come into this world already gifted, already positioned with the things that God has already placed on the inside of you. If you are called to be a prophet, you already have what it takes to be a prophet. If you're called to be a pastor, you have already what it takes to be a pastor, but the problem is you don't know because the enemy has deceived you. The enemy has pulled a wool over your eyes. And so he told you that you can't do it. You're not good enough. You're not adequate to do what God has called you to do. Oh God. But you got to know your position. Know what God has called you to do and embrace it. You, know, you see most people then know. Some people then know that they're called to be a pastor. Some people know that they're called to be a prophet, but they don't embrace embrace it. Why? Go back to why the watchmen fail. Fear caused them to not embrace the thing that God has called them to do. So you got to know your assignment. And then don't allow anyone to tempt you to leave your post. Because you see, watchmen, they're usually positioned in designated areas. And I got my little picture for you this morning up there. You all, as usual, I always try to find a picture that goes with my message. And you see the little watchman on the wall there, and he's looking over the city. And, uh, and, and, and there, there might be other watchmen on different sections of the wall. But, but one thing to understand about a watchman is that they, they are usually in a designated position and they don't leave their position and they're assigned in that position. And the reason why they don't rotate positions, in other words, is because God's, they have to, they, their eyes become familiar with the, with, 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 with the horizons. Their mind f becomes familiar with the thing that they are looking at. So in, even in the dark, they are able to discern things that are out of place. If a shape is different in the dark, because their eyes are so familiar with the thing, with that spot, because that spot is their position. It's a, it's like a picture that is imprinted in their mind. So if something just changed, if a little thing just changed on the dot of the horizon, they, they are immediately able to discern that the outline has changed. And so now they begin to peer in the dark they begin to look closer to see what has changed because they didn't have binoculars like we have. They didn't have things that they could look for in the distance like we do. So they have to have vision that is able to discern in the dark. Oh God. So God, so you have to know your position and the way to intimately get acquainted with your position is to stay in your position and work your position from all different angles. Oh my God. So I'm telling you how to become an effective watchman. Know what it is that God has called you to do and do it with diligence. Don't allow anybody to tempt you to leave your post and say, well, you know, you can do this and you can do that. And mm -mm. 
Mm-mm. Know your position. The next one is vigilant. You have to be vigilant. You have to be able to see and hear in the spirit. You, 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 you have to be able to, 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 to be active, be ready. You don't, you can't be watching and kind of like snoozing and kind of half watching and half sleeping. No, you have to be vigilant at all times. And one of the problems of with us right now is that we are not vigilant. We're allowing things, like I said, to distract us. Oh, sometimes we don't hear what is coming. Because we're not listening. We're not expecting God to move. We're not sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So we're not vigilant enough to be effective as a watchman. We're, we have to be vigilant over our children. We got to check their phones. Yes, I got to check my children's phone. I don't care if they're 59 years old. I'm checking their phones. Hey, listen, what you're watching, I, I, I don't care. To I, I have to put my children in check because, listen, if you don't put your children in check, somebody else will. Oh my God. And one day they will thank you that you are a watchman over them because at the, at when you're correcting them, it might feel like God, the, the, my mom is just too, she is annoying. She's getting on my nerve. My dad is trying to correct me, but, 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 but they don't see it as correction. They see it as restriction, but because you know, you are a watchman and you see what is coming all the way over the horizon, even though they can't see your job is still to be vigilant. I know sometimes we want to back down and we want to back off our kids and say, oh, just let them do whatever they want to do and God will get them. No, no, no. God is going to get you because you are, you are the watchman over your children and you didn't watch over them. You didn't warn them when you saw the sword coming. So God is going to judge you. That's what the Lord says. If you're a watchman and you see the sword coming and you do not warn the nation, the blood of the nation is going to be upon you. How much more is the blood of your children going to be upon you if you didn't watch over them, if you didn't warn them. Oh my God, warn your children this morning, somebody. Your first duty as a watchman is to watch over your home. Watch over your home. And I will go as far as to say, listen, if you're not watching over your home, don't watch over nothing else because you're not going to be effective. If you can't watch over your own home, how do you expect to watch over the nation? If you can't be a watch over your own children, how do you expect to watch over those unruly families? If you can't watch over your own city, how do you expect to watch over the nations? You say, God, give me the nation, take me to the nation, but you can't pray for your own nation. Oh, woo! You got to be vigilant. And the next thing in order to be an effective watchman is to guard your heart. I'm coming to a close. I'm coming to a close, but I got to tell you, God, that that, that you got to guard your heart. Guard it with diligence for from it flows the, the, the wellspring of life. Proverbs 3, 4, I'm sorry, Proverbs 4.23. Being a good watchman means that you must watch over your heart. Pay close attention to what goes in and what comes out. Oh God, some people, they don't want to watch their heart. They allow hate and malice and pride to come in. They allow deceit to come in and they don't, they don't watch what is coming in and they don't watch what is going on. One of the quickest way to watch your heart is to think about the things that you're thinking about is to listen to the words that you are speaking. Oh my God, watch your heart. 
Watch your heart. You got to guard your heart because see, you're, you're a watchman, you're not, not only over your family, not only over your city, but over yourself. And if there's things in your heart, you will not be able to be effective as a watchman. If you're going out there with a, with a, with, with a, with a dejected heart, with a despondent heart, with a hateful heart, you can't be an effective watchman because see, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're uh, as a watchman, you're supposed to love the people that you are watching over because if you don't, if you don't, love them you're not going to warn them and if you don't warn them the sword is the sword is still going to be upon you see jesus said i jesus jesus was one of the best watchmen ever he's still the best watchman ever because he is willing to lay down his life for the sheep oh my god and see that's a problem with us we are not willing to lay down our lives for anything because everything is all about me 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 what can i get out of this gospel what can i I get out of preaching the gospel what can i get out of it for myself oh god and that's the way that's where the problem is we have not crucified our flesh we have not killed our flesh oh god so we have been watching but we're trying to figure out how can we bargain how can we get what can we get out of it for ourselves and god says to be an effective watchman you gotta be willing to die. You gotta be willing to lay down your life like Jesus laid down his life for the sheep. You see, when you're over there watching over the watch over the sheep, if you see the wolf coming, you don't run away and leave the poor sheep to die. A good watchman, they jump off the fence and they tackle the wolf. A good watchman, if it's more, if it's a pack of wolves and they can't get it, get, they, they, they can't do it by themselves. They call for more people to come and help them. A good watchman, oh, Shababaha Torobosa, lay down his life for a sheep. You see, we cannot have our lives and have the life of Jesus too. Jesus says in 1 John 3, verse 16, and I'm telling you, I read 1 John 3 this morning and it just I, I just cry. Oh my God. This is how we know what love is. Jesus laid down his life for us. And we are to lay down our lives for our brothers and our sisters. My God. My God. Oh my God. This is the part. This is too tough. Many people don't want to hear this part. God, you, uh, to become an effective watchman means to live a life of sacrifice. You got to become, you got to get to a place where you be like Esther and say, if, they, if I perish, I perish. But I'm going, I'm going. If I, it, it, I'm going to lay down my life. I'm going to lay down my career. I'm going to lay down my joy. I'm going to lay down what I think that I want. I'm going to lay down what I think is my destiny. I'm going to lay down, lay it, everything that I know. I'm going to put it on the altar, God. And I'm saying, God, if I perish, I perish. Because you see, I told you that we are soldiers in the army of the Lord. And as a good soldier, you can't expect to go to war and not expect to die a good soldier goes to war with the possibility that they might die they know that they're going to war they're going to face death and this is the thing that caused many people to draw back from being a watchman on the wall because they don't want to face death but here it is 
I'm telling you, it is appointed unto man once to die. But after death, there is going to be a judgment. So you can decide right now, oh my God, what are you, what you're doing right now is going to make that, it's going to cause that judgment after death. Because see, death is not the thing. It's after death. What are you doing right now that is going to secure your future after death? Because death will come. It is going to come. I wish I could tell you that you're not going to die and you're going to live forever in this fleshly suit. But if I were you, I, I, I wouldn't want to live in this fleshly suit for the rest of my life because I understand that there is greater, there's a better life outside of this fleshly suit. And I want that kind of life. I, I'm yearning for that kind of life. Oh my God. I'm hoping, I'm pressing, I'm praying, I'm seeking, I'm believing for that kind of life. But in order to get that kind of life you got to be willing to die are you willing to die this morning are you willing to die see you're gonna die anyway so you might as well die for a cause that is greater than yourself you might as well make your life count for something you better choose your hill to die on are you gonna die on the hill of cowardice are you gonna die as a warrior are you going to die defending the cause of Christ? Are you going to die defending the world's destiny that is perishing? Are you going to die for something eternal? Are you going to die for something that is perishing? Oh, my God. Oh, God. So, as I told you, God is calling the watchmen. He's calling them to wake up out of their sleep. He's calling them to arise. And I know you are watchmen. That's why you're watching me this morning because this message is for the watchmen to arise and take their position on the wall of prayer. God is clear, because see, God is saying, listen, for those who are still sleeping, God said, I'm clearing out watchmen. There are some people that are going to come home prematurely because they're neglecting their duties. God said, if you don't do what I, what I created and put place you in the earth to do, you said, I'm going to take you out. Don't you know that you are you are made in the image of God for the purposes of God? And if you don't do what God has called you to do, you have no purpose. And if you don't have any purpose, he said the salt that has lost its savor, it's not good for anything than to throw it out and to trample it under your feet. So God is about to clear out the watchmen that have been neglecting their duties. First of all, he called them and he's saying, rise up, rise up, take your position. But if you, if you neglect your duties, God said, I'm going to move you out. I'm going to move you out because what's coming, I need people to be in their places. I need watchmen to be in their places. And all of us are called to be watchmen. So you got to know your post. You got to go through boot camp. Don't leave your post unguarded. Go through boot camp if you want to become a more effective watchman. Go to God in prayer and say, God, I don't know how to pray effectively because that's what your Bible tells me. God, I don't know. He said, oh, I don't, you don't know how to pray, but the Holy Spirit will make intercession sessions for you. So you got to get to the boot camp, get to boot camp and say, God, teach me how to pray. Teach me how to approach you. Teach me how to do spiritual warfare. Teach me how to intercede correctly. Teach me how to repent, God. Teach me how to forgive. Go to boot camp. Go to boot camp. And so if that's you today, 
and you want to be a watchman in the army of the Lord, let's go to boot camp. Oh, let's go to boot camp. Come on, somebody. If that's you and you're already at boot camp, you've already been praying and you said, God, I just want to sharpen up my skills some more. God, come on. Come on, God. I, I, I know how you called me to watch, but I've been neglecting my duty. I've been sleeping. I've been weary. I've been tired. I've been distracted. I've been deceived. I, I really didn't know. God, I, I, I don't even know where I'm at this morning as a watchman. I, I'm going to help you right now. Oh, Shababasa. We're going to reset your compass. We're going to reset your focus. So come on, let's go to prayer. Let's go to boot camp. Oh, mighty God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I have given your word, Lord God, according to how you have given it to me, Lord God. I pray, Father God, that as your anointing ride upon each word, Lord God, every person will receive what it is that they need to receive out of this word in the name of Jesus. Father God, touch every heart touch every lives in the name of Jesus. And we decree today, Lord God, we send out a decree today, Lord God. Oh God. Oh, we send out a decree today, Lord God, to raise up the mighty men and women of God. We send out a decree, Lord God, today. Oh God, that caused every woman, every man, Lord God, to begin to take their position, Lord God, in the name of Jesus on the wall of prayer, God. Oh, la ba santo coro se tara da la ba sanda. Hila da da ba santo coro bo shila da da ba handia. God, send out your army, Lord God. Raise up your mighty men and women of valor, Lord God. Open the eyes of their understanding, Lord God. Pour out wisdom and revelation in them today, in the name of Jesus. Oh God. Oh, shara da basa. Don't grow weary. Don't grow weary. You're going to reap. You're going to reap. Don't faint. Don't faint. Don't faint. Don't faint. Don't quit. Don't quit. Ooh, shataya. I hear the Lord saying to somebody, don't quit. Don't quit. You're trying, you're thinking of giving up something. And the Lord says to tell you this moment, don't quit. Don't quit. I don't know what you're about to give up or what you were trying to give up, but God says, don't quit. Ooh, Jesus. Glory to God. So if you've never made the Lord your savior, you can join us today and you can become his. You can enlist in the army of God today. You can enlist and it's simple as saying a prayer. And if you really want to become or belong to Jesus Christ, if you really want to be safe from what's coming. You need to be safe in Jesus. There's no other place. So I'm going to invite you to pray a simple prayer with me this morning. And if, if you pray it and believe in your heart, I believe that Jesus is going to enter your heart. And he will become your Lord and Savior. And he will empower you to overcome what is coming. Amen. So are you ready to pray? Oh, Shabbat just say this prayer with me. And don't, don't just say the words, okay? Mean them from your heart. You're not talking to me. You're not repeating words to me. You're repeating them to God. You're saying them to God. See, this is what a watchman does. We're leading you. We're, we're telling you that the, 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 the enemy is coming. And the only way to prepare for the enemy is to prepare in Christ. Amen? 
Oh, God. So let's say this prayer. Oh, Jesus, Lord Jesus, please come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I recognize that I am a sinner and I cannot cleanse my sins by myself. I need your blood. I need the blood that you shed upon Calvary's cross for my sins. Oh God, come into my heart, Lord. Wash me, cleanse me. Oh God, I surrender myself to you this moment. Teach me how to live for you. I give you my heart. I give you my soul. Live in me, Lord God. Live through me. And Lord, I recognize that I cannot live this Christian life without the power of the Holy Spirit. So I pray that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit and empower me to live righteously in the name of Jesus. Lead me and guide me into your truth in Jesus' name. I believe that if you say that simple prayer, you've just been born again. And Jesus will now begin to talk to you. You will begin to talk to him and he will begin to talk to you. Amen. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory, 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 glory. Amen. Hallelujah. So if you're watching this video, I don't know if you're watching it on the replay. We're planning for a prayer boot camp coming in the beginning of the year. And we would like for you to join us. So be prepared to join us. Look out for our prayer boot camp that is coming up in the beginning of the year. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, we come to another part in our service that uh, I always extend the opportunity for you to be able to bless the work of the Lord because it is good to give to the work of the Lord. God honors faithful giving. God loves faithful giving. God loves people who give cheerfully. So if you can give something to the work of the Lord, listen, if you eat, if you feed out of this, what God is giving you, give God something, okay? Give something to the people of God so that God, they can be encouraged, they can be blessed, they can continue uh, bringing the word of God to you. I know it's not about buying a prayer, it's not about buying a sermon. Everything that I do, I try to be let them be free. I don't want people to have to register for anything and pay this or pay that. So when I ask, I just ask you give according to what the Lord puts on your heart. Amen? Amen. Oh, glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. So I trust that you've been blessed and you've been encouraged. And I want to see you again next week. Amen. God bless you. Oh, glory to God. Come back again.